Your Locked On Senators, your daily podcast on the Ottawa Senators. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I'm Jake Sanderson, and you're listening to Locked On Senators Podcast. I'm Tim Stützle, and you're listening to the Locked On Senators Podcast. Welcome inside episode 483 of the Locked On Senators Podcast. I'm Ross Levitan on the outskirts of enemy territory in Winnipeg, Manitoba. Alongside Brandon Pillar out on Vancouver Island and the Ottawa Senators fought hard, earned a point, but lost their top center against the Carolina Hurricanes. Yeah, Ross, it's another one of these games where you earn points, but at what cost, right? Now, two-thirds of your top line is now missing, and almost every center on this team is injured. Tim Stutzla moving to center now, and then Chris Tierney, kind of the only original center left. So this team has a lot of guys that need to step up, and a lot of guys did step up in last night's game. And none the less of that was Matt Murray who we will discuss why he's looking like a completely different guy than the one who played at the start of the year and the one that we saw in, oh, right, we don't talk about that game. We do have a game to talk about in depth, though, because a lot of good things from last night against Carolina. We also have a preview of the weekend. Two games, not only for the Senators, but for the Nodak Sens. Tyler Boucher will make his OHL debut and a whole lot more. This is the Locked On Senators Podcast, your team every day. Today is Friday, January 28th. Pilsy, would you have traded that one point for a healthy Josh Norris? Oh, all day. Yeah, all day because <laughs> uh, this team, they can't really afford many more injuries. I mean, Ross, good thing your graphic designing skills are so good that you Ooh. can uh, expand the injury list here. But if they do much more, I don't think you're going to be able to handle it because we're going to run out of room. And it's insane the amount that this team has had to deal with, like even... Even a healthy Ottawa Senators team had been struggling this year, let alone when you have all these guys injured. And if you're watching on YouTube, Ross has pulled up the list here, and it is astonishing. There's five top six forwards if you're if yeah. you're looking at it from the projection at the start of the year. And yeah, some people say Colin White wasn't going to play in the top six. Well, he was in, Pen- I guess, him and Pinto. You probably couldn't count both because it was one or the other in that second line center spot. But the guys who are out right now, we talked about it yesterday. Brandstrom, at least. We know it's COVID. So we know that on Sunday, he will return from that list. So he'll miss Saturday's game against the Anaheim Ducks. I set a pair of games this weekend. I don't know. My head is all over the place today. I got Edmonton on Monday is his expected return date. Dylan Gambrell, we're not sure. Nikita Zaitsev, Connor Brown, looking like right after the All-Star break, could be the play. Colin White, February, March. Drake Batherson, April. Shane Pinto, April. Crooker, we hope, plays it all. And Josh Norris, it's still unknown. But just from the way that DJ Smith spoke last night compared to how he spoke about Drake Batherson, I think there is a lot more room for optimism that Josh Norris will not be out long term. Yeah, I would agree. If, if we're just going off uh, DJ's uh, body language and the verbiage he used, yeah, I don't think it sounds like a long-term injury like Batherson, which is a plus for sure, but it does look like an upper body injury. And as a centerman, that's that's tough because you're using a lot of that upper body in the face-off circle. So hopefully Josh Norris can recover, and I'm sure we'll we'll see him again 
much sooner than Batherson. At, le- at least, fingers crossed, he's back sooner. Yeah, sad to see Batherson there with the stroller. Oh eh? man, that was so tough. Like that that guy and uh, the the Sens players and coaches talked about it in the press conference. Like he's just such a burst of energy. He's their leading point scorer. So to see him banged up and down bad like that is just so sad. It sucks, man. So the Sens lose two thirds of their top line in a week, but earn two points. So I guess two games with a point. And then they got the point, two points against Columbus, too. So this is a team who, I mean, say what you want about them, but since that game we don't talk about on January 1st against, yeah, whatever, they've only give, had two games here. 4-2-1 and one is their record. So let's hope that this is a, a real corner they've turned because, man, would it be fun to see a competitive team that's still putting pucks on net. Sorry. 4-2-2 two two is the final there after that shootout loss last night. and We had some fun last night on the postcast discussing who your shootout would be in, in this time where you don't have a lot of your top guys. So just for people who missed the postcast, Pilsy, people or uh, the Senators decided they would go with Tyler Ennis first, Tim Stutzla second, and Brady Kachuk third. What were your thoughts on DJ choosing those three guys? Uh, Tyler Ennis and Tim Stutzla, I think, would make almost any Sens fans list these days with Norris and Batherson and all these guys injured, right? If you're looking at the team that was available. Brady coming in on the shootout isn't exactly, uh, I would say, the, the smartest move. But then, and we talked about this too, with the shootout, the coach knows who's going the best. The coach knows who does well in those post-practice shootouts. So maybe he's seen something from Brady that we haven't. And, I mean... I don't uh, fault the ideology that, hey, third shooter, it's crunch time. We need someone that can bring a big goal for us and someone that can really dig down deep and, and find a way to get it done. Brady Kachuk is that guy. Now, maybe not necessarily in a one-on-one shootout situation versus a goalie, but I think it was an it was an okay decision to try to have him as the last guy, like captain. All right, it's all on the line. I'm going to get it done here. And he, he makes a decent shootout attempt, but... Just can't quite beat Freddie Anderson. He had a great attempt to end the game in reg- or in overtime, but yes. regular yep. play. Uh, what, what did you see there as he gets the puck on his own blue line, just chugging along, and that was not at the start of his shift either. No, and that's the thing. Like Brady didn't have uh, any gas in the tank left to real. Like if, if he's coming off fresh, he's miles ahead yeah. of the the Carolina Hurricanes, and he's got all day. He, it's basically a shootout attempt. Let's be honest. But but I think he does better in game breakaways when he knows yes. there's pressure coming because he doesn't have the opportunity to slow down. Can your trivia, when was Brady Kachuk's last shootout goal? Well, obviously not this year. Judging from your tone, it might not have been last year either. So I'll go a year before his rookie season. He has never scored a shootout goal in the NHL. The oh, last time he scored question. a shootout was when you and I were at the game. Oh my God, that outdoor game in Buffalo, World Juniors. Wow. Holy that was Brady Kachak's last shootout goal. Yeah, wow. crazy, hey? Oh yeah, that's crazy. I mean, at the time, we weren't so stoked about Brady Kachak scoring that no. goal, though. No, we yeah. had, uh, that was for me and Batherson were on Team Canada that year, and we had no affiliation with Brady Kachak at that point. We just thought it was kind of cool they were wearing football jerseys in a hockey game. Yeah, yeah, and it was snowing like crazy. Yeah, that was, uh, if, if you guys don't remember, watch the highlights of that game because it was an absolute wild outdoor game. 
Yeah, it certainly was. Well, Brady Kachuk now over four in his NHL career on shootouts. But again, I understand DJ Smith wanting to go with the leader there. On the play in overtime, though, how about Lassie Thompson trying to give him a little extra push and a pick? He, he was trying to like pick himself right in between the defender who was back-checking and Brady to give him a little extra space. I thought that was a vet move for a guy who's played 15 games. Yeah, I love that move. And that's something that uh, I find hockey players don't do enough because they're so nervous about getting the interference. But yeah, I mean, you're entitled to that space as long as you don't throw a hit or like really initiate contact, just get in that space. Then, yeah, you can throw a like a basketball pick essentially and give Brady a little more space. And he kind of does that there. So I like that move because I think at that point too, Ross Lassie had been on for a while too. So he's not exactly... Uh, has enough speed to catch up and make that a two on O. You just gotta try to help Brady as much as you can. Good thing he's built like a Greek god, according to his teammate Angus Crookshank, because he's probably looking over. He's been playing with Thomas Shabbat, shift in, oh. shift out. Now Shabby again, he stays out there a little extra on, on the overtime. He finishes over 30 minutes. But Lassie Thompson played 23 and a half minutes in last night's game. And with him and JBD, like I don't know if either of them will have that extra offense at the NHL level. But both these guys are very good defenders, and they're going to have quite the decision to make here of, of how the right side's going to shake out. Hopefully, you can, you know, maybe even acquire someone too and really make that competition internally go. But right now, you've got Zub, who I think all Sens fans are confident will be yep. patrolling the blue line for years to come. And then, if you can find a way that, you know, Lassie, JBD, and one other guy, not named Nikita Zaitsev or Josh Brown, can battle for ice time, the left side we know. Is, is looking pretty good here once Sanderson gets. Yeah. Maybe the answer is internal, and maybe it's Eric Branstrom. Yeah, yeah. I was going to say that. Because, yeah, because DJ's... He's looking good on the right side, and he's been able to play up with Thomas Shabbat. I mean, this... Uh, like, we, we know Thomas Shabbat is this team's best defenseman, and it just goes to show that you can put anyone with him, and he can make yeah. it work. Get Throw... Throw two different guys who have only a handful of AHL and NHL experience, and he can make them look really good on a top pair for over 20 minutes a night. Like, it's incredible what they're able to do. And, Ross, speaking about uh, Lassie Thompson and JBD's offense not really quite being the bright spot, I actually think that's a positive because think about young defensemen uh, grow growing up and developing – Normally, it's the defense at the NHL level really? that's the problem, and you got to send them back to the minors and work on all these little annoying things that no one has fun doing, like boxing out, uh, retrieving dumped-in pucks, stuff like that. But they're already doing a good job of that, so I think that's a good stepping stone to kind of start and uh, build your base of development on, and then you can start working on the offense once you get a little more comfortable. So they're in good positions right now, and if you're a Sens fan, after seeing the brutal decors this team has trotted out year after year after year there is finally some light at the end of the tunnel that you're going to have a lot of youth injected and if these guys project how we think they will this could be a solid decor for years to come and we'll finish off the show with a quick talk about the nodak sends of course two defensemen that the senators hope are a part of their long-term future still biding their time developing down there before sanderson gets on a flight sunday to go to the friggin' Olympics. Let that sink Crazy. in. The Sens have an Olympian. And the Belleville Sens have a few Olympians too in their alumni. Adam Tambellini making Team Canada this year. Ethan Warwick is playing for Team yep. China. <laughs> and Ville Polka, one of your favorites all time, 
is playing on <laughs> Team Finland. Um, nice. So that's uh, we will be following the Olympics, of course, closely with Team USA. And one of their three games, guaranteed, is against Team Canada. So that's yep. going to be electric stuff here. That game is two weeks today, Pilsy, at 10 p.m. So look out for that. Oh. Sneaking up a lot quicker than, uh, than some may imagine. Like USA starts on the 10th. And uh, that'll be a 7 a.m. game. So we'll basically be recording Locked On Senators as a postcast for Jake Sanderson's <laughs> yeah. Olympic debut. But we got lots to get to in this game, what it means for the Senators going forward. The Sens 9-6-2 and two in the postcast era. Hello. So maybe they're getting a bit of a Sens Central bump. Who knows? But we do hope that Bilt Bar is also getting a Sens Central bump because Bilt Bar is the protein bar that tastes like a candy bar. And they are so delicious, too. Like telling you, the nutritional facts are secondary, but most people have that as an added benefit because it's low in calorie, high in protein, and it's everything you need to start your day with a little extra jolt of energy. We recommend the mix box because there's so many different flavors. So go check them out today at builtbar.com and use our promo code LOCKED15 and you'll get 15% off your next order just like that. So it's Built Bar. We know it's the protein bar. It tastes like a candy bar. You know it comes in so many great flavors. They're all 100% covered in chocolate. They're soft and easy to chew. Go see them for yourself at BuiltBar.com. Promo code LOCK15 for 15% off your next order. All right, Pilsy. So the Ottawa Senators fall 3-2 in a shootout to the Carolina Hurricanes. But unlike the game down in Carolina where Ottawa won 3-2, the Sens outshot Carolina handily, 39-29, oh, yeah. the shots on goal. And that's after Carolina doubled Ottawa in the shot clock in the first period. So what does that tell you about the resilience of this team, knowing that after that first period, they didn't have their number one center either, but they were able to carry the play in the right direction? It's incredible, honestly. Like To, to see this team, you mentioned it, 15-7 to were, was the shots uh, in the first period for Carolina. Next period? 20 to 6 for the Sens. Like, it's incredible that they were able to have that bounce back after losing their number one center. And I think these are the kinds of things that really give me hope that this team is headed in the right direction because the the process is right there. Like, they're able to regroup, go to the locker room and say, all right, here's the situation. We're down yet another guy but we're not going to let this continuous big injury bug like really get us down we got all the guys we need in this room it's time to step up nick paul you're going back to center you're going to step up tim stutzla you're going to play top line center let's see how you do lassie thompson you're going to play a lot of minutes let's see how you do matt murray keep things tight for us and we think we have a chance here and those are all the things that happen and another thing to add on ross and this was my key to victory stay disciplined down a man your top center entire game and you don't chase and take dumb penalties is pretty impressive. So I like, it's funny to say that like a three, two shootout loss. I'm so proud, but like this team really pulled it all together and gave it everything they got. And if it wasn't for a late whistle, we could be looking at a regulation win here. Right. So this team was so damn close. They put all their work there and they played DJ Smith type hockey. Um, Really aggressive four checks, and I thought they did a great job winning the neutral zone battles. They didn't let uh, the Carolina Hurricanes win those battles and take it the other way. And even if the Senators weren't able to win the battle and take it the other way, it, it didn't result in a turnover or an odd man rush or anything like that. So I think uh, if you're DJ Smith, this is probably the proudest of your 
team you you are all season because they they bought into what you're you're telling them to do and they're realizing the the benefits of it and everyone like there's not many guys that I didn't think looked good last night Ross I thought everybody played a solid game they certainly did including Igor Sokolov but before we get to his not debut but it's certainly been a while since his last taste of NHL action or NHL he almost made me look good, buddy. How about that attempt in the third period? Was that when they were up one or when they were tied? Uh, I can't remember exactly. I, th- I think they might have been up one at that point, though. Because, um, yeah, because that last goal didn't happen till late. So well, I think just under four minutes left. But I feel like it was definitely in the second half of the period. So yeah. either way, that's a big moment. And he, he looked good, man. That guy, he's a shark, dude. He, he's oh, yeah. just a big guy and knows how to position his body. He had a couple battles in the corner with Jacob Slavin. And Slavin usually comes out with the puck. And there were a couple times there where Soko was able to uh, gain possession for the Sens. Yeah, I mean, you got to give him extra t- stick taps because uh, DJ Smith talked about it. He didn't have a chance to practice with the team. And right. like I mentioned, Belleville hasn't played in a long time. So this is a this is a guy coming into an NHL game cold. So for him to be able to just at least stay stay up and keep pace and get a, a grade A scoring chance because you're in the right, ta- right place, right time, is pretty impressive for Igor. So I like seeing that. And uh, hopefully we get a little more power play time for the Sens next game so that you can see yeah. him on that second unit because... DJ was just at a loss with the second unit, and he just said, I'm just going to trot this makeshift first unit out here right. for the full two minutes because I don't, I don't got a second unit right now. My Half my first unit is my second unit, so that was tough there. But, uh, yeah, I- Igor, we're, we're hoping the good times keep rolling for him and he can get his NHL uh, first-ever NHL goal really soon here. Before we get back to the even strength and a couple shout-outs, uh, with that first power play unit, Mike Johnson, who's done a great job analyzing these games, especially gets in the Sens good books with how harsh he was on that Sabres goalie. We're not going to say his name anymore, by the way. Let him serve his suspension and go off into the sunset without a peep. But Mike Johnson also made note of a, a situation where Tyler Ennis has never played the point on a power play before. And did you see how many times he was looking over to Shabby and being like, what do you want me to do? Like yeah. he's a half wall guy through and through. So it's hard for, for him to just snap and be like, okay, now I got to facilitate from the top of the umbrella or be a, in the shooting position. He was taking Norris's spot where Norris usually just stands there and hammers one timers. But I don't think the, the best to ever do it is really that that's not really his calling card either, but Hey, yeah. he did what he could. And like that, that's just tough, right? In the power play, you're going to hope here that in the next couple of games, nobody scored in the power play. That wasn't the difference in the game no. by any stretch, but you just you see the the personnel and you start kind of clenching your teeth a little bit saying, okay, like, all right, let's just kill off our own power play here. Get back to five on strength, boys. <laughs> kill off our own power play here. <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. What a time to be alive if you're a sense fan. Um, hey, got, uh, got dead out for an opportunity and that kid just keeps lighting it up. Like, we owe him an apology, eh, for, for kind of the, the joke we made of his defensive yes. play. This guy, don't look now, man, but all of a sudden he's got seven points in nine games with the Ottawa Senators. Yeah, and Ross, I want to shout out that assist that he made because that was a really smart heads-up play. Like, yep. I think a lot of players would have tried to force that to the front of the net, which, you know, hey, I'm, I'm all for getting putts on net. There's usually not an issue there. But when there's a better option, you could cycle the puck to um, kind of maintain and get more ozone time and keep that uh, Carolina Hurricanes hemmed in their own zone. That's a great play. And not only is it a great play just to keep the uh, puck moving, but 
he puts it right on Mete's tape. And Mete doesn't have to cradle it. He doesn't have to stop a bouncing puck or anything. He just shoots it on net right away. And Formington, right place, right time. That's the roommate goal right there, Ross. Uh, Mete banks it off his roommate and it goes yeah. in. So those guys got to be pretty happy about that. And Victor Mete has got to be happy about getting on the score sheet too. So I think that all around, that was a, that was a great play. And it was nice to see the senators be able to get their own kind of quick tip deflection. Although Nick Paul did get uh, one earlier off that muffin that D'Angelo knocks into his own net, but Formanton, another guy that's been red hot lately. Like he is really showing that he can handle a top six role, even when guys are injured and he needs to be one of the guys that has to step up. Yes, certainly. But Hey, someone else who stepped up, we got to give our our props here to Matt Murray, just looking like a completely different goalie since going out to Alberta. What have you noticed in his game that's allowed him to have this success? Well, first off, he's been healthy, right? And look, it, it, we got we got to call a spade a spade. Matt Murray has been very inconsistent with his health. Often it's things where we don't know. Like we don't know what happened with that 4 p.m. Uh, changeover uh, a couple a couple weeks ago. We don't we don't know a lot of the time why he's not able to play or what's going on. But that hasn't been the case lately. He's been perfectly healthy and he's been able to be consistent like his last five games he's got a 3-0-2 record and he's been the reason I wouldn't say he stole any games Ross but he's definitely kept his team in a game and been deserving of getting credit for them having a chance to win or winning so Matt Murray turning things around is massive here because hopefully this gives Gustafson a chance to get some starts in the AHL you get to showcase Forsberg a little more for a possible trade and you kind of turn down the heat Sens fans have with that contract and that acquisition. Because if Matt Murray can continue playing like this, yes, I'll admit he's still overpaid, but at least you're not looking at him as an as a cap anchor. Like he's just dead cap weight. So he's he can uh, perform his job. He can be a number one starter consistently. He just needs to stay healthy, and that's what we're seeing. Well, last five starts, I'd say he is worth his contract. Now, small sample size, but a 937 save percentage. 3-0-2, like those are great numbers. Which game do you think he was most impressive in? Is it the shutout, which, I mean, you allow the least goals, sure. But I guess while you're thinking about it, I'm kind of putting you on the spot. For me, it was the Calgary game, the first one. That's when the pressure was the yes. highest. He had just come off six goals. And again, we don't talk about that complete team no-show, not on Matt Murray at all. But he was 0-6 on the season. <laughs> no extra points, no wins. And now he hasn't had a loss since. But what started that out was getting the sunglasses and saying, that's effing sends hockey, boys. Yeah, Let's good. go. That fires the whole team up. And if you look at that now, it seems to be a, a, a mark in the sand where you can say, okay, Matt Murray has changed his game a little bit. However, still not 100% on the rebound control, but I'll, I'll let it slide. In overtime, you would have liked to whistle, get Shabbat off the ice. He's been out there two and a half minutes. That was a little... A little uh, but hey he's made some big saves and i think what might be my favorite part is we haven't seen any like oh my god did you see that save like we have kind of from forsberg recently but in a way that's good because his positioning is that much better he's not having to sprawl out and make these desperation saves i really like what i've seen i hope it can continue for matt murray yeah, I agree with you there. Matt Murray, I wouldn't say, is a athletic goalie. He uses his his big frame, his tall frame, to be in a good way position-wise and to take up a lot of that net. 
because when he has to get moving, he's not the best, but he is very sound positionally. And when he's healthy and confident, he's able to plug up all those holes. And even if he gives up a rebound or two, at least he's making it hard for those guys to bury that one past him after. And if, if we're uh, getting back to the original question you asked, I'm going to go with the Buffalo game, Ross. Now, yeah. it's not like he made the biggest saves up against the hardest opponent or anything. But the reason I'm going to credit that for him being his best game is because he had to deal with a lot of emotions that went on in that game, right? The Aaron Dell situation. If you're a goalie on the other side of the ice, you're kind of a little rattled, but obviously like Matt Murray's not going to go start a fight or anything, but <laughs> you need to keep your emotions in check watching the opposing goalie just absolutely destroy your leading point score. So for him to be able right. to do that and sometimes when you're when you're in a game that's so lopsided like that it's so easy just to relax a little and maybe the next time the sabers get a chance they they slip a quick one by you because you're just not totally sharp so he was able to stay mentally sharp which i think obviously as a goalie it's uh it's 80 percent mental and 50 percent physical right so that's uh (laughs) (laughs) that's how you got to work with that one 80 and 50 that's a, that's a little joke there, but um, you had me for a loop. <laughs> this is the bend over uh, incident. Oh my! Um, but that's that's what I'm saying. Like sometimes it's not the biggest, um, you know, physical saves. It's about staying sharp between the ears that allows you to have success. So for Matt Murray to be able to do that, I thought was pretty impressive. Yes, certainly was. So stick taps to Matt Murray. We want to see more performances like that. And what better way to get back in the saddle than tomorrow against the Anaheim Ducks, the last game he played before being sent down to Belleville? Yeah. That's a little extra something. Definitely. I like that. Matt Murray, there's no question he starts again, right? He needs to have an extended period of games here. He's now gotten two. Let's keep this rolling here. I'd even play a Monday against the Oilers. Yeah, I, I have no problem with that. Yeah, and uh, Ross, this Anaheim game is going to be interesting to me, and we'll we'll obviously get to it later. But uh, I'm going to be watching this game with my morning coffee, as it's going to be 9:30 a.m. Pacific time here. Wow! And if you're a Ducks fan, similar situation. So that's uh, I can't I can't remember other than Olympics. Like I can't remember the last time I watched a, ho- a hockey game at 9:30 in the morning. Jeez. Hmm. I wonder if there's a good way for you to make sure that you're in the action and waking up feeling intense about a hockey game. Do you know where I could go if I wanted to wager on a little something? Well, Ross, I'm going to put a little spin on the betonline.ag tagline here. Get off your bed and get into the action (laughs) because I'm going to be rolling out of bed, brewing a coffee and getting into the action, watching the Ottawa Senators take on the Anaheim Ducks. And where I'm going to do that is betonline.ag. They're the trusted online sportsbook of the Locked On Podcast Network. And guys, you guys are loyal listeners of the Locked On Centers Podcast, so you know we're going to hook you up with the promo code. So how you get that, go to betonline.ag today. They've got their new website all set up. It's all ready to go. Then you make a free account. Sign up, make a free account. And you're going to put in a promo code box, and the promo code you're going to put in is locked on. And what that's going to do is on your first deposit, when you join, let's say you put $100 in, you're going to get a 50% welcome bonus. How's that for a nice welcome? So let's say you put $100 in, and Ross, I'm going to get my math correct on this one. 50% of that is 50. So you're going to get $50 in free play money, and you can use that to bet on parlays, over-unders, props, money line, puck line, NBA, 
NFL playoffs. The the final four teams are in the NFL playoffs. You want to make sure you're getting in on that action. That's coming up this weekend. I'm fired up for that one personally. So you can get Since fired up. Since he's a big dog, eh? Since oh, he's a big yeah. underdog. Hey, I'm, we I'm love rolling, the underdog story. Yes. We love the underdog story. And who doesn't want to see the end of Jackson Mahomes and uh, Brittany Mahomes? Because I think everyone's just sick of them. So let's see the Bengals take care of them. And let's see you get a couple shekels in your pocket if that happens. So go to betonline.ag today, guys. It's your online sportsbook experts. All right, Pilsy. So the Ottawa Senators lose 3-2. And a reminder that you can advertise with Locked On Senators. Shoot us a note on Twitter, at Send Central, on Instagram, Locked On dot senators or shoot us an email you can find that contact email on our youtube page where we appreciate everybody subscribe like the videos it goes a long way with the algorithm and the sends i mean the proof's in the pudding the sends have played well in the postcast era that's when youtube has really taken off for us as well so let's keep that rolling the senators against the anaheim ducks tomorrow what are you hoping to see man i i gotta be honest i'm pretty excited to see this zegra kiss this Zegras kid up close and personal. I was going to say, Ross, I'm not hoping to see Zegras do a lacrosse-style goal on uh, Matt Murray, that's for sure. But definitely as uh, as fans of an Eastern team, we don't get to see the Ducks a lot. We pretty much only see those Zegras highlights. So it'll be interesting to see what he can do and kind of a just regular even strength scenario here, not just making highlight real plays. And there's a lot of uh, intrigue with this Anaheim Ducks team. Like they... They're on a similar rebuild path as the Ottawa Senators, although they're having a little bit more success because they've they've got that uh, the veterans holding things down there for them. So I think it's and and weaker division too. I think that needs to be stated. The Pacific Division is a little bit weaker, so it's going to be interesting. Gibson's John, John Gibson, right? Like when you're talking about Ottawa's spot in the rebuild, you're saying like, oh well, they need that top end goalie goaltending. They've been getting it of late, but like John Gibson's career save percentage is nine seventeen, like nine twenty this year as well, like. He is, he's right up there with the best of the best in the NHL. Absolutely, yeah. And then you got veterans like Getzlav, you got Hampus Lindholm, Cam Fowler. Ooh, ah, Silverberg. Say, Don't ooh, forget ah, Silverberg. Shattenkirk. Uh, like that, that team has a lot of uh, good, stable veterans to support these young guys and allow right. them to thrive. So that's where the Senators are trying to head. And yeah, hopefully Matt Murray can get similar numbers to Gibson. I mean, I'm not going to try to say he needs to be as good as Gibson, but... It's definitely possible here. And, Ross, the thing I'm interested in is the Anaheim Ducks have some of my favorite jerseys, but they ruin them. If they wear those bright orange ones with the old <laughs> Duck logos, oh, my God. that's It's just what what a shame. Like, why not stick to the eggplant and teal? Everybody loved it, especially 90s kids. If you grew up watching the Mighty Duck movies and watching Paul Korea wear that jersey, go back to that. None of this. The, the orange, I get it, Orange County. Yeah, I, I understand, but... It just it doesn't fit in my eyes. I actually didn't know that. That does make a bit of sense, but still, I'm still I'm still upset about I'm still mad about 2007. So we don't have to go there though. Um, (laughs) However, if you haven't seen Trevor Zegers' latest highlight reel goal, I'd recommend going and checking that out over uh, over the Montreal Canadiens. So I mean, we love dunking on them, but now apparently we like lacrosse scoring them too. As uh, Zegers was in full stride around the net and just picked it up, put it out. What a goal. Unbelievable. So that being said, sorry, I, I don't know if you could tell my tone just went down. Claire Hanna, TSN, just tweeted out Drake Batherson and Josh Norris watching practice from the bench. And it's just making me sad. Damn. Yeah, yeah that, that that is sad. Oh, man. 
But it does leave opportunity. My locked-on player for tomorrow's game is Tim Stutzla, and more so because I want to get into his game last night as well. 24 and a half minutes, and we expanded on it a lot more on the postcast. However, that is a career high in ice time for him. He goes 8 for 12 in the face-off circle. Now, he lost the late one, but just the fact that he was thrown out there to go head-to-head against Vinny Trocek for a defensive zone draw in a tie game, I think that speaks to a little bit of confidence that the coach gained throughout the night. At one point, he was seven for eight. So yep. he credits that to a lot of work with Josh Norris this week in the face-off circle. But I think he's earned some stick taps for that. And the Anaheim Ducks, man, that's a that's a team where, yeah, sure, you got Getzlaff. But even Getzlaff, yeah, he's wily. He's like a good veteran. He could shut down opposition players in a different way. I think Timmy, we know how great he is at drawing penalties. He made Jacob Slavin take a yeah. penalty last night. I don't think we can understate how hard it is for Jacob Slavin to take penalties. He only had two minutes last season, Ross. Two two minutes minutes? for a guy that Jacob Slavin right now, we talk about Thomas Shabbat playing a lot of minutes. Jacob Slavin plays more minutes than Thomas Shabbat. Let that sink in. No, he doesn't. Close, though. I thought they said on the broadcast he was top uh, time on ice this year. Oh, over what? Oh, this year? Yeah, this year. I don't think so. We'll, oh, we'll maybe, I, maybe, maybe I got maybe that, that 30. No, yeah, yeah, not even close. Slavin's at <laughs> 2355 and uh, Shabbat's at 2705. I think he leads the minutes. team. That's where I got that. He definitely leads the yeah. team. But <laughs> you're looking at it, the consistency, and it's like 23 minutes, 24, 23, 24 over the past seven years. Seven years. His career high in penalty minutes is 18. Wow, that's crazy. Oh, yeah, man. 10 minutes in two seasons. Two minutes last year in 52 games. And then last night was his seventh and eighth minutes in penalties through 38 games. But that's just how Timmy can can weasel his way through with his speed and his agility and changing directions. We When we spoke to him, right, he grew up as a soccer player. That's yep. that soccer skill where you're, you're on and off on your edges every single uh, head shift and everything. So what I was getting at is that if he's matched up against Zegra, sure, let's go. Let's see some offense on offense. But if it's Getzlaff that they try to put on Stutzel's line, I think that he can kind of make him look silly there using his agility to kind of bunny hop around him and try to get Getzlaff into taking some some tripping penalties. Yeah, definitely. I I think that can happen for sure. I mean, Getzlaff will probably get the best of him in the face-off dot, but once it comes to... uh, once it comes to on ice, Tim Stutzler can just speed right by him, and he's going to have to try to hook him or grab him or something. What do you think? Actually, it's not as impressive as I thought. Get, oh, it's because, yeah, and this is the young guys. Okay, I'm glad you brought that up. So final point on Getzlaff. In Getzlaff's first, how many years? So he won a cup as a 21-year-old. Don't even right. talk about that. Yeah. He was over a point-per-game player in the first uh, – um, Sorry, they don't. They didn't even keep face-off stats when he got in the league. That's how much of a dinosaur <laughs> he is. Um, for the first two years he was in the league, That's they didn't crazy. Even have face-off stats. Yeah, no question. But in his first six years that they did keep face-off stats, he was 46%. Now, so his career is still under 50%, right? But this year he's 55, and in his last uh 10 years of his career he's well over 50 percent. so that just speaks to it's all about the veteran getting the experience and seeing it so no worries about timmy struggling in the dot it's just having norris step in and just dominate right away just made it kind of seem like old hat like oh these guys should just be 21 years old and snapping them back off the draw every other time but it's not that easy 
And it's not easy to have the career that Ryan Getzlaff had, over 1,000 points, over 1,100 games. And I think it'll be a, a great matchup here, whether they go with him. I think seeing him against Nick Paul's line would be fun too because yep. those are just two big, strong men who are going to go head-to-head all night. Now, do you expect Nick Paul to shift over to center? I yep. did see he played a lot of it last night. It seemed like he slid over. And then uh, according to Natural Hatch Statric, which is a great website run by an Ottawa native, uh, the number one line at even strength last night was Nick Paul, Austin Watson, and Zach Sanford. Yeah, that doesn't surprise me. And I think we're going to see a lot more of Nick Paul at center uh, for the for the time being as we have all yeah. these injuries. Um, I mean, Mark, Mark Kastelich will probably get his debut, though, true. which will be nice to see on, on a fourth-line role. And when I say, like, oh, they were the first line, like, they played eight seconds more than Stutzla, Kachuk, and Tyler Ennis. So it's right. not like they, they were being relied upon in more. But that's another good question before we move off Tim Stutzla. How did you find his chemistry with Brady Kachuk, albeit – not a whole lot of ice time, but I thought they had a couple of good plays. They hadn't played together at all. Like Josh Norris and, and Brady are just attached at the hip. Yeah, I, I thought played well. And, uh, you know, that's kind of the yin and yang situation between those two guys, right? Like you got Timmy, offensive skill, hands, speed. Then you got Brady, just pure grit, uh, nose for the net a guy that's going to battle for the puck in the corners, all that kind of stuff. So they, they could be a really good duo together. And I think, by default, we're gonna we're gonna end up seeing that. Um, and uh, if you're locked on players, Tim Stutzla, then I'll transition to my locked on player being Brady Kachuk because he's gonna have to step up here, and he's the captain of this team. He's he's got the contract he he wanted and felt he deserves, which we all feel he deserves. And now he's gonna have to he's gonna have to start life without Josh and Drake, without Drake and Josh. Oh my like God. that's he's so comfortable on that top line with the two best players. All right, let's see what you can do when your your support system's taken away from you, and now you need to elevate your game to help uh, bring other players up with you. So I'm going to be locked on to Brady, and yes, he's been getting a lot of shots, but we got to see him squeak one through here. He, he needs to get that monkey off. Eleven the back. games, eleven yeah, games. It's been a he long time so and a lot of shots. Night. Yeah. yeah, so he, the chances are there. We just need a little more finesse and a little more uh, oomph, and uh, he's going to get one through. And then I think we're going to see a lot of positives here because guys that had been slumping Ross and broke through that slump, we talked about already, Adam Gaudet, he's a guy that's done that, and now he's on Alex fire. Formanton. Alex Formanton, Tim Stutzla, guys that have, have needed to step Tyler up. Tyler Ennis. Yeah, best ever lace him up. It took 30 games to, in between scoring goals, and he gets a friggin' hattie. So these are the kind of things that you want to see happen, and you want to see Brady break through. So Brady's going to be my locked-on player. And now Brady will have to do it without his bunch of line mates. So we'll see how that goes tomorrow as they face the Anaheim Ducks. Pillsy's going to be rolling out of bed for that one. My shift is 4 to noon tomorrow, so I'm going to be finishing up at work, and then I'll be right in to the game and you know that our pass will converge at the postcast which you can find after each and every ottawa senders game live on our youtube channel but if you miss it no worries although we'd appreciate you join us hit us yeah. in the chat love yeah. that but if you do miss it you can listen wherever you download your podcast there is a replay of the stream available on youtube as well all right pilsy so couple more notes we don't have to get into keys to victory all that we don't know the lineups just yet but you can follow us on twitter at send central for all that we know our boy Laleem's martian always joins us in the postcast so we want to shout him out he's getting awfully close to four thousand followers on twitter oh, yeah. so 
go hit uh, Lalim's Martian with a follow there. Absolute beauty. If you're not already following him and you're a Sens fan, what's going on? Yeah, well, hey, better late than never. That's what I always say. And uh, Martian's all over clipping games. So if you miss any of those, what I recommend, I said it last night, hit up his his Twitter feed while you're watching the postcast. And you can go through when we're talking about a play, you can watch it happen over and over again. So that is the postcast. You can also find Locked On Senators Monday through Friday, free and available wherever you download your podcasts. The beauty of that is that we are covering a team that wins games or at least gets points, which is a lot better than we could say in November. But this team, there's still more players coming and two top 10 picks are in action this weekend. And I haven't been able to say that yet this year, Pilsy at least since the college season went on Christmas break. Because Tyler Boucher has signed with the Senators. He's with the Ottawa 67s. We got some uh, some uh, gra- we got some pictures of him at practice this week. They rescheduled the game on Wednesday. We're like, oh, man, is it time? No, they held him out of that game. He is in the lineup tonight. If you're Pierre Dorian, you're speaking to him before the game. Or even if you're uh, Boy- Boyd's the guy's last name. I-, I apologize. I don't know the first. The GM of the 67s. You're the head or coach. Dave You're Cameron. Dave Cameron. Yeah. What are you telling Tyler before tonight's game? How are you getting him fired up for this one? I, <laughs> I'm actually going the opposite. I'm trying not to get him too fired up because it's been a long time since he's played. And it's, it's funny. That's how you ended that because my initial response was going to be like, just relax, play your game. You don't have to do anything special here because Ross, we need to keep in mind, this guy hasn't played since mid December. Like, that is a long time to go without playing as a young kid. This might be the longest stretch he's gone without playing a competitive hockey game in his entire life. So for, for him to have to step into new country, new team, new league, like there's so many new things, just play your game. Don't try to do too much because all that will come. You've got, you've got time to play in your OHL career. You just, you just started. So don't try to do it all in one night because if he tries to play too physical, I don't want him obviously getting into any suspension trouble or ending up hurting himself because he's not quite at the condition level he he's used to and comfortable being. So let's just see him get out there, play a simple game, and get his legs under him. I think that's the most important thing. But mostly, Ross, I'm excited to get some more pictures of him in the 67s jersey because, man, that... Tyler Boucher, you got to give it to him. One one thing he excels at is uh, looking good in any style uniform. Points. Style points in any uniform oh, or jersey yeah. you put on this kid, and he's going to look good. So look good, play good. That's what we always say, right? He's only played 35 games since the start of 2020. This yeah. guy needs to play a lot of games, and the 67s have had a ton of games postponed, so I believe he's got like 35 games left this year. Good. He can double his last two years in the next four months. And that would be a huge bonus for the senders who need to see something out of Tyler Boucher to hold on to going into this offseason. I mean, he's already signed, but that being said, you need to get a little confidence. And I think that's where it's wavering a lot. This guy's 19 years old, just turned 19 years old two weeks ago. So let him develop properly. I think we'll see him in Ottawa with the 67s, I may add, next year as well. But let's send him into the offseason with a little extra confidence. Whereas Confidence is needed for the Nodak Sens, too. I didn't think I'd ever say this, but they've lost four in a row. They need these two games against St. Cloud State. It's an NCHC conference matchup. And Jake Sanderson, I think we're going to see a huge weekend from Jake Sanderson. He knows he's leaving his boys for a month, and he's going to leave them with 
a couple wins. I think we're going to see – he's got no points in his last two games, Pilsy. I think we're going to see an explosion offensively from Jake Sanderson. You think I'm far off on that? No, I think you're dead on. I think we're going to see him joining a lot of rushes. I think we're going to see him pinching in a lot of plays in the O-zone, that kind of stuff. And, uh, yeah, the the Nodak Sens, they, they need him. And even with him, they're struggling here. So when he leaves for Beijing, that's going to be a monumental loss for that team. But we talk about with the Senators. Next man up. All right. Let's see what Tyler Clevin can do without Jake Sanderson there. I think that's going to be an interesting experiment because other than when he's been sick, uh, Ross, you got a firsthand experience of that. Clevin is very used to having Sanderson with him, not necessarily as a partner, but on that decor. So it's going to be interesting to see how Clevin does as kind of the the shining sense prospect there while yep. Sanderson is gone, but I think Clevin can step up too. So Nodak, they need to at least get some positive momentum before Sanderson leaves. Otherwise it's a little bit doom and gloom there. Like if they go six straight losses and then Sanderson's gone for how many games he's going to miss Ross? I think it's three weekends. I think it's three, maybe even four weekends. So I think it's so six, six to eight, eight games. games. Six so, eight games. Oh my God. Imagine you go in a six game slide, then you lose your top defenseman. Oof, that's not good. <laughs> Yeah, and it, I mean, if you look at the standings, like North Dakota, they're they're down in the polls to like 13th and 14th right now. Weird. But maybe we're getting ahead of ourselves because there's still lots of season left. Now, I, I just pulled up the NCHC uh, stat line, and it brought me to two years ago. So I was like, what do you mean? They're in first place. But mm-hmm. as, I, as I change over, now it's just not. Anyways, this website sucks. But they've lost a lot of games recently. They're sliding in the polls, and I think it's crucial – that this weekend on home ice, they are yeah, it's at North Dakota. They need these two big time because they need both of them. Yeah, they need both of them because all three of their next weekends that Jake Sanderson will be missing are all conference play. Oh, so there's boy. no running away. They've got yeah. the Omaha, the rescheduled games. Unfortunately, Omaha. we're not going to be able to make it anymore. Colorado College and an away series at Minnesota Duluth. That was the matchup I got to go down and see at the Ralph, and they split that se- that series at home. So that's going to be an even tougher test on the road. So, man, this is uh, this is going to be an important weekend for Jake Sanderson, Tyler Clevin, and the no Dak Sens. All right, Pilsy, one more note I have before we go. Anything that you want to bring up? No, I think uh, after 46 minutes and a half hour postcast yesterday, I think we pretty, we pretty much covered it all here. So I'll just uh, I'll snap this one back to you to finish off. All right, I've got a great heartwarming story Ooh, to like finish that. off the week. You know our boy at UK Senator 1971, right? Went to went to Seattle, wasn't able to see his game. We know there's actually a a fair bit of Ottawa Senators fans in um, in England and in the it's UK. Awesome. We just had Karam on from up in uh, was he Wales. in Wales? Yep. Yeah, he's in Wales. So, anyways, I get we get tagged on Twitter at Send Central from at the UK Center. I'm just gonna pull up this thread because this gets me so fired up. We had a meeting of Send Central citizens at a hockey game in England. The wow. EI. HL UK Senator says great game in Sheffield tonight beating the clan. Then Josh Power says great great to meet you last night. What are the odds of bumping into a Sen Central citizen at a Wednesday night game in the English hockey game, the hockey leagues? So that's awesome. We got to have Josh on to hear his side of the story, but we appreciate being tagged in that. We also love Definitely. and the Sens, we know there's a ton of home games coming up, but if the Sens are on the road and you're going to see it, 
we need to be tagged in that. The boys get so fired up for that. So we appreciate, man, this That's little awesome. community that uh, that we love being a part of, and we appreciate you making Locked On Senders your first listen of the day. It does mean a lot to us. It's, I don't think we've talked about it. We tweeted it out, but it's crazy how many different cities we've watched games in or we've done this show in, eh? Hey, we, we're living our lives, Ross, but the show must go on. It's your team every day. We've got Halifax. This is just off the top of my mind. Halifax, Quebec City, Ottawa. You were in my parents' closet, the walk-in yes. closet, so that we didn't, <laughs> didn't have I'm an set, echo. Ross, I'm set up on a mini fridge right now. <laughs> that's what, that's what oh, my that's laptop awesome. and mic are on, and I'm sitting on my bed here. That's awesome. We've got Toronto, obviously, from the College of Sports Media and beyond. And then TSN uh, Studios. Yeah, TSN Studio in Scarborough, Winnipeg, uh, Sault Ste. Marie, Thunder Bay, Calgary. You were up in Canmore. Yep. You're in Vancouver, Victoria, Vancouver Island, Tofino, Los Angeles. I recorded one from a hotel room in Los Angeles before I boarded a flight. Yep. And then uh, Arizona and, and Sarasota as well. So this, uh, this show's international now, oh, but my. hey. The, uh, the common denominators that Stens fans remain the best back-to-back um, back-to-back record days. And we hope that continues Honestly, as well as the Senators are in a wild stretch of games here where it's fast and furious. we got the Olympics coming up, so don't go anywhere. And tell your friends as well that the Locked On Senators podcast is free and available wherever you download yours. For today, we say goodbye. Have a great weekend, Sens fans. We'll talk to you after the Anaheim Ducks-Ottawa Senators game tomorrow where the Senators try to make it another game where they get a point just chipping away slow and steady wins the race for brandon pillar i'm ross levitan this has been the locked on senators podcast your team every day